Welcome to the Naturopathic Life and Living Podcast. This is your host, Dr. Francis, where I'm going to be talking about all kinds of things underneath the sun, everything that has to do with life, living, and your health care. I'm forewarning you, I go off on a couple different tangents and I do repeat myself in this, so I really hope by the end of this episode that you really got the totality of everything that I'm saying here. Thanks, guys. All right, and with that, let's get this episode started. Okay, so because I was talking pretty general in my last two episodes about the controls, fear, and cultural remediation going global, I don't think people really understood exactly what happened at this training that I went to that I spent my weekend at now multiple weeks back. So instead of being in general, I'm just going to jump right in there and and say what actually happened. So when I was sitting at this training in the audience, what exactly was the control situation that I witnessed? What exactly was the control situation that everyone had to deal with that didn't have an understanding of a training that they could verbalize what was happening? Everybody knew something was happening. The entire feeling of the room shifted when the situation took place. So essentially, there was a speaker there that was very prominent in his field that has attained a level of success that most people in this field can't even fathom. He has surpassed so many boundaries that other people are afraid to even try to pretend to be able to address, and he has far surpassed them. That in itself should have been a clue as to the persona of the man in front of us. However, for most people, that didn't play a role in the subsequent happenings. So basically what happened is that the man was up there explaining something and he was talking about a health condition and associating the color of the person's skin and made a correlation to a certain word that is not culturally appropriate for us in the Midwest of the United States to be able to say or in the generation of the 20-ish year olds or anything that addresses any kind of mutual respect or anything like that. This man is an older white man that his background is European to put the perspective of who this person was that's up there and the histories of what that means on many platforms. He was making a reference to a skin coloration, but used a certain word that is no longer appropriate in the day and age that we are now. So I heard him say that word, okay? Immediately recognized, uh-oh, situation. I'm pretty sure everybody in the room, except for him, realized the immediacy of the concerns of him using that word. And I'm sure sure the audience listening can understand without me saying that word, what word he used. He just said it in normal conversation. He used it as a reference point for something which showed me being an interpreter that he was just using a word and what it meant did not hold the same clarity because he didn't stop. He didn't pause. He didn't wait to see how people were going to respond to what he said. He just used it as any other word. And to him, the word that he used signified a certain color of skin that was important to the story that he was explaining. Now we did have a dermatologist that was sitting in the audience in medical training. We are taught now, I don't know about the training for the man that was speaking, but in the medical training that we received now, we are taught that there are gradations of skin color and tone, and it makes a difference when describing one's complexion and the amount of melanin makes a difference. So from somebody who is super, super pale white skin, possibly they have like red hair and their skin is extremely, extremely pale, that would be a level one all the way to extremely dark skin with a large amount of melanin, those skin tones would be a level six. That's the way that would have been appropriate 
to be able to recognize the information and to be able to share that information. However, that is not what the speaker said. The speaker said a different word that I'm sure everybody knows the word that I'm referencing. So he said that word, problem number one, that needed controls to be addressed. And people do this all the time. People just don't realize that they're doing it. It's a recognition that there's a problem. Then that leads into the need to try to figure out how to resolve that problem, which leads to anxiety if the person can't figure out how to resolve the problem. Because whenever we're in a state of disorientation or fear or confusion or anything like that, we revert to our training, which is our limiting beliefs. So you go back in time and how were you treated in moments of trying to figure something out? How were you taught to be able to behave in a situation when something happens that needs to be addressed? So everybody reverts emotionally back to their training, which is why the Navy SEALs practice and they do their training in harsh conditions and weather and circumstances. So whenever you're in a state of duress, you revert to your training. It doesn't matter if you heard about something, if you knew about something, if you had an idea about wanting to do something, what was your practice behavior? That's where you revert to. So what were you trained to do? If your experiences involved oppression, then that's what you're going to realize you need to do. You need to silence yourself. You need to push yourself down. You need to be confused. You need to not know what to do. If you've never been exposed to something, then likely you're going to feel lost and you're not going to know what to do, which quite honestly was what most people acknowledged to have been feeling. They were lost. They were confused. They were in shock and they really just didn't know what to do. And then afterwards felt like they had an obligation or a responsibility to have done something, but in the moment were completely not capable of doing it. Now that wasn't exactly my experience. My experience was that I knew what to say and I knew what to do. It wasn't a lack of training, but it was like an excess of training because my training also included shutting me up, keeping me down, silencing myself and abusive criticism and oppression. So then that's what I reverted to. That doesn't mean I didn't do anything. I most certainly did a lot, but the center of attention, calling everything out openly and directly in front of the entire audience. No, I didn't do that. See, I was going to wait until after everything was over and then address him personally because that's what I was taught to do. I was taught to be respectful and not just blurt it out. That's what I was going to do. I was going to wait until the, the conference was over and then address the speaker personally. But then because of the way that things happened and I waited, it made it too late to say anything at all because it already had happened and there was no coming back from that. The most obnoxious, frustrating thing for me in all of this is that my training was wrong. My training was based off of the insecurities and the fear of my authority figures who had a false authority that were threatened by my true authority because I really did know what to do in all of these situations. Being an advocate, I really did know what to do, but I was not permitted to do so. And the way that the people that I had in my past and the way that those authorities utilized the situation to correct, to control the matter was to suppress me. And if that meant that they had to use force and aggression, that's what they did because that's what worked. And that was pretty much the only thing that they knew to do, probably because in their moments of stress, when they didn't know what to do because I was challenging them, they reverted to what their training was, which was aggression and trying to force me to shut up because they were afraid of losing their power because their power wasn't true power. It was a false sense of power. Whereas in the case of the speaker, when somebody from the group that he was addressing inadvertently, indirectly, not realizing he was doing it, that he was oppressing, a woman did stand up and address him and acknowledge how she felt. By me not saying anything, it did allow her to be the one that stood up to say something. Now that doesn't mean in the aftermath of everything that had I said something as I envisioned it to be, 
that she would not have been able to stand up or she wouldn't have stood up. Possibly more people would have been able to stand up. I don't know because that's not what I chose to do. But quite possibly because of the way that the speaker did handle himself through the situation, he would have accepted my correction without a problem and it would have been better, which is why visions come from the non-material world, whereas physicality is more logical and what people are capable of seeing. So vision is intuition, whereas logic is thinking, which is based on the past. Intuition is based on possibilities and potential and growth. More than likely, it's going to be the opposite of what you're expecting if you're living in a logical mind. So that's why it's difficult to be able to follow. And we all have to learn to accept intuition and understand that that is the higher calling, the better option, the best choice for us, which is why we're getting it in a vision because our intuition is kicking through because the situation at hand is so important that our higher selves are telling us what we need to do in the situation. And I saw it and I felt it. But because of my training and my shock and stress in the situation of comparing my, at that time, current situation with my past, I heard everybody in my past tell me. So all those voices in our heads, those are the people correcting us from our past, the people giving us our limiting belief, the people that are toning us down and slowing us down and telling us that we can't in their minds trying to keep us safe. But keeping safe is stopping us from reaching our full potential. And that's just limiting. It's a limiting belief. It's a belief that you have that somebody gave you that is limiting your ability to expand and for something better to happen. So then what was my self-talk? What was it that was going through my head trying to figure out how to remedy this situation? What was going through my head while I was trying to figure out which control to put in place? It's the stuff that I was taught. It's the stuff that I was repeatedly told. It's the stuff that the adults and the authority figures said to me repeatedly over and over and over again every time I was in a situation like this and faced the opportunity to advocate for somebody else. Every single time that I got myself involved standing up for somebody else, this is what I was told. So this is what came back to me in that moment. To not be allowed to be able to stand up for somebody else. And mind you, I was an audience member. I wasn't a paid interpreter. I wasn't associated with the organization that directly created the opportunity for this person to be speaking. I was an audience member recognizing the situation, aware that there was a control happening. I considered the different possibilities and the different options, and I decided that for me to be the one to stand up and say anything, I was not part of the administration. I was not part of the association. I was not part of the group of people that were being attacked, I would have interfered with the ability for somebody else to be able to stand up for themselves, to be able to let their voice be heard, because essentially, who was I? I was a gear pointing to a problem, right? No, I needed to be able to allow somebody that was directly implicated to be able to stand up for themselves. I also recognized that the problem that was happening here was something in the administration, something that happened within the school, something that was on a bigger scale that needed to be addressed, and my words weren't going to fix the problem into a of everything. However, I was aware that there was something that I could do because what I recognized needed to be done was healing and healings are spiritual healings aren't words. And I let it be the responsibility of the school and for those involved with the coordination of that speaker and the speaker. And besides the fact that, like I said, this is a spiritual problem, so words weren't going to fix it. That's not what was going to be capable of taking care of what needed to be done because there was an audience member that did stand up 
up and recognized how she had been looking forward to that speaker coming and had him on such a pedestal. But because of what he said, she was very disappointed. That being said, allowed for other people to be able to take a breather from the situation and be able to have a release. Some people got up and left. The speaker did address the cultural differences, did apologize, different things like that. However, it was beyond the capability of the people that were offended to be able to hear anything, which is why the cultural remediation is so necessary. However, I made the decision to not interfere because of my experiences of oppression with that school, because of all of the different factors involved in that control situation and how any decision that gets made to create an action in a control situation creates the opportunity for another control situation to happen and even not doing anything creates another control situation. So I chose to do what I chose to do. Different people talked about it, individual groups where they felt comfortable. What most people are not aware of, what I did is because what I knew that I could do was create a healing situation. And so when I was at home, I brought out my sage and I envisioned and did a recreation of the room. Different faces stood very strong to me as I was doing this. I spent more time in awareness with the healings with them. I essentially spiritually saged the entire room, addressed the spiritual concerns in cleaning, and then did dance I associated with. So I did that healing ceremony, as well as prior to other people arriving the next day, because that was not the last day of the conference. Prior to everybody arriving the next day, I went there and then again brought some healing shakers, altered the vibration of the room, because as you can imagine, after the speaker said whatever was said and that kind of a situation happening, it completely altered the feel of the room. So I went through, just like I did systematically when I was at home with the sage, I went through the entire room, went through every single chair individually. Some of the faces stood out to me just like they had previously. I spent extra time altering the energy the vibrations of each section of airspace over each chair through the entire room while I was listening to the healing African drumming, which coincidentally, exactly the same time that I went to reset the recording because I knew that there wasn't going to be enough time to be able to do the entire room through one recording, the recording stopped. So perfect timing with that. I did have somebody show up that was setting up a table for some items and witness what I was doing, but most people were not aware that it happened unless I told them afterwards. There were a few people now, ironically, after this happened, my Facebook blew up with requests from religious people from Africa. When I asked them how they knew who I was or why they were trying to friend request me, they told me, essentially spirit told them to reach out to me and connect me or God told them to reach out to me. I don't think this is a coincidence. Many things have taken place on the campus of that school coordinating efforts to address the situation. Now, I don't think that things are being said the way that they need to be said, but administration is learning and they're doing things that they think that they need to be able to do. So at least something is being said and done. However, I'm not in a position of authority and I wasn't at that that situation. And because of the way that they have treated me in the past, they were not going to hear what I had to say then. And they're not going to hear what I have to say now. And that's unfortunate. However, that is the situation. And at least it's a start 
the difference here is it's just ignorance. That's all it is. When one group says something or one person says something from a certain group that another group understands in a different way and points that out and the original person or group recognizes that, it makes it safe for the second group to be able to relax and breathe and understand that they're not being oppressed, which then allows them to be able to release all of their tensions from so much oppression, which consequently means that the person who apologized is the one who's going to get the brunt of the crap because the second group understands that they can react violently and the first group is not going to hurt them anymore over it. So that's unfortunate as well because the second group then became the attackers, which they were accusing the original person of being, which he wasn't attacking. He was just representing the culture that he came from and the language that he understood and what everything meant. And it just meant something different to the other group. So cultural remediation is huge. And to be able to recognize on both sides with curiosity and compassion and a centered sense of self, that's what's necessary for us to be able to move forward globally, to be able to understand our differences and unite in yes and instead of no but. Because when people are talking from their perspective, when you're looking at this wagon wheel and people are witnessing the same event from a different cultural understanding, to be able to say, no, that's not the way you see it because you see it differently than I do because what you say isn't how I see it. That's not connecting anybody. That's not unity. That's still divisions. That's still divisive. That's still somebody claiming that their perspective is the only perspective that's possible. Just like the blind men standing at the elephant, they can't take a step back and be able to see the bigger picture to be able to get the totality of the entire elephant in their perspective because they're blind. They have to use their hands so they can only feel with something so far away from them. So when you're standing at that hub, the closer that you are to the center of the situation, the less you're going to be able to see the bigger picture because you're looking at a finite thing. It's basic physics. The more you focus on something, the less you're capable of seeing something else. So as you back up, you back more away, you get the bigger picture of what's really going on. You can see multiple perspectives. That's possible if you have vision. If your understanding comes through what you feel through your hands, then you only can stand as far away as the length of your arms. So you have a limited ability for the perspective that you have, but at least you get a perspective. So yeah, this is what happens. This is why it's so important as we move forward and go global and utilize the internet and have different cultures communicating with each other that we listen to each other with a sense of curiosity. Now understand, wait a minute, what you just said is something different than what I understand. If there's not an interpreter there that people can trust, that they understand that, hey, okay, I know that they know what I'm talking about and I'll trust that they know what that person's talking about and therefore I can accept this new perspective and understanding. If you don't have an interpreter doing that for you, then it's going to be more difficult because you have to sit with this discomfort of the possibility of somebody saying something that is oppressive and repressive to you. However, understand people are just people from a different perspective and understanding that's reflective through the culture and the cultural revolution of how their ancestors were capable of getting as far as they did to be able to get them to where they are. So take a step back, bring in an open understanding, bring in a willingness, bring in an open willingness to understand the perspective of the other culture that you're associating with and have that dialogue, have that conversation, have the mutual respect and understanding with yourself and that other culture within awareness that just because they have a perspective of something different than the perspective of how you would describe it doesn't mean you're not witnessing the same exact thing, but just a different aspect of it. And with that, my final thoughts are that talking with people afterwards, they said that they wished I would have said it. They said they had no training to be able to know how to handle the situation. They said they knew that they reverted back to shock and nothingness and an 
ability to respond, which they were very disappointed in themselves for not being able to say or do something about it. In this, I am angry about being taught that it wasn't my place to say anything because I knew what to say and I reverted to being silenced as per my training, even though I saw myself saying what I did. I'm angry that I was confused. I'm angry that I was scared. I'm glad the school had to address the situation because of their lack of empowering students equally. I'm sad because while the problem is based off of xenophobia and ignorance that with an openness to learning culture equality it could be remedied, but it's not that simple. There are generations of fear responses, control issues, power dynamics, and reverting to trainings in a diverse microcosm representative of the world. Disempowerment from a power majority onto advocating empowered members of a minority keeps change from happening. It stops growth, like I said previously. It keeps things the same. It keeps the power majority safe. Our current president is representative of this issue. A fear of global equality and respect to diversity as equality. The power majority loses their power seat if power minorities realize their power isn't granted, but a natural authority based on skill, knowledge, and ability rather than status or rank based on white old man supremacy established and maintained by brute force, oppression, and abuse. I am a trailblazer. We take the shit from resistance to change so the floodgates can open for evolution and growth. What the runners never have to face, the trailblazers were subjected to. Honor and respect that because we took on that crap intentionally with purpose and strategy to give future generations the freedom to live without that oppression, which rightfully they can never truly respect or understand. It's not their experience or understanding that is the bridge to a globally united community. In order to get better, we have to be better. But we are dealing with so many different issues. Everything cross-cultural across many different formats. We have a speaker in the audience. We have a professional ranking. We have nationality, original communities, school communities, age. In order to be able to understand, get along, work together, and grow, we need to be able to all take a step back, take a seat, listen to each other with openness and curiosity, and realize that we're all in different aspects of the wagon wheel. We're all in different parts of the pie and we're all looking at the same issue, life. So instead of having a no attitude towards other people who have a perspective that's different than yours, if we all had an attitude of yes and so an understanding of our perspective combined with the perspective of other people because we're not capable of seeing all perspectives at the same time. But that is the way to rise above is to be able to accept and be able to see the perspective of somebody else and that gives us a different vantage point. And that's the only way growth and evolution is going to happen to save this planet. All right, everybody, that ends our episode for today. I hope you were able to get some helpful information to be able to live more naturally. So if you like what I had to say today and you found it beneficial or helpful, please go ahead and share. And if there's anything going on where you need to find a naturopathic doctor or for any reason you need somebody to talk to, please go ahead and call me. You can find me online at canassist.me. That's C-A-N-N-A-S-S-I-S-T dot M-E. This is Dr. Francis saying enjoy, have fun, and until next time, 